The Motor Racing Network presents an MRN original podcast series. Have a look at Jeff Gordon. He's starting to close the gap. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. I don't look at him as grown-ups when I'm out there. I just look at him as competitors. What a big day for young Jeff Gordon and the Bill Davis Racing Team. This is uh, the biggest dream come true for me ever. Jeff Gordon is leader. Earnhardt is second. Sorry, bud, but Jeff Gordon, he's just a better driver than you are. Jeff Gordon holds off a last lap charge by Jeff Burton and wins the Winston Million. He won those championships. He revolutionized the sport. They're side by side on corner number four. Gordon leans on Jimmy Johnson coming down to the line. People can see there definitely was a change in our relationship. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, Here's your host, Brian Nelson. As we open this final episode, I want to thank you for joining us on this journey through the life and racing career of NASCAR Hall of Famer Jeff Gordon. In this final episode, we'll consider Gordon's racing legacy. Still a fixture in the NASCAR garage, Jeff Gordon can be seen on Fox Sports during the early half of each NASCAR season. His racing knowledge and relationships in the garage are an invaluable asset to Fox's NASCAR coverage. Among the many appealing qualities Jeff Gordon has brought to the NASCAR on Fox booth is his enduring popularity, which took root almost immediately upon his arrival in NASCAR in the early 1990s. For whatever reason, at that time, the sport was was just blowing up to a level of popularity that reached beyond just the U.S. and, and North America, and I, I can't say that I was uh, massively famous outside the USA, uh, but there was certainly a time in in those years in the U.S. that um, there were very few places that I could go that I wasn't getting recognized, and it was a, a pretty cool problem to have. Gordon became a global icon for NASCAR. During his heyday, Jeff was everywhere on TV. He even became the first and only NASCAR driver to host Saturday Night Live. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Gordon. I am so excited to be here in New York hosting Saturday Night Live. Car owner Rick Hendricks says NASCAR racing gained a lot of exposure and attracted a lot of new fans because of Jeff's media savvy. He he put us on national TV on Regis and Kelly and and Saturday Night Live, and so I think everybody in NASCAR owes Jeff a, no, no different than Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt carried the banner, Dale Sr., then Dale Jr., um, you know, uh, Bill Elliott, Richard Petty. I was mm-hmm. sitting out this morning with, with Richard Petty and thinking about, I remember when you gave me your, your autograph through the fence in Martinsville, and I get to sit up on a stage with you and talk about winning races, so... You know, it's uh, it's been been a lot of fun. In 2009, Jeff Gordon was invited to appear on Sesame Street, one of the most popular children's television shows of all time. He made the trip with his wife Ingrid and daughter and son Ella and Leo. You know, Sesame Street was amazing. I mean, ever since Ella was was a baby and and we're trying to get her to, to eat solid foods, it's taking videos, uh, you know, to 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 get her. To, to focus on that and open her mouth. So um, it's always been Elmo's been her favorite. So uh, when the opportunity came through, you know, John Edwards uh, to, to me, um, I, I said, absolutely, I would love to do it as long as I can bring, you know, Ingrid and Ella with me. And, and they were like, of course. 
Um, so that was a very, very cool experience. And, and, and plus they tied it to NASCAR. So I, I think that it's, it's something. Of course, they thought I was retired, and so they made me a commentator. And when I got there, they said, now you're retired, right? <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> no. So, so I was like, is that why you wrote me in me into the script as a as a commentator? <laughs> I don't know, but it still was a lot of fun and turned out great. NASCAR executive vice president Steve O'Donnell says Gordon's appeal to the media masses speaks to his sincerity and relatability. Jeff, you know, he's he's a man of the people. Um, fans love him. He's done incredible things for the sport. And if you see the young drivers coming up, I think they've got a fundamental understanding of that. You know, they want to emulate Jeff. They see what he's done, and they see what success he's had both on and off the track. So a lot of that will, will be uh, in how we work with the drivers, but ultimately they have got to go out and win. Um, and, and winning gets you a fan base for sure. I mean, there, there's certainly drivers um, who may not win all the time who, who've got a solid fan base, which is which is terrific. Um, but if you go out there and roll off a number of wins and a number of championships, you can bet uh, people want to be with the winner, and, and, and they're going to find you. Meanwhile, Jeff Gordon credits much of his popularity to the team of people he had around him. I, I had a great team of people around me, like my stepfather, that were always pushing me to take advantage of opportunities, um, You know, take my brand to, to different places, whether it was me doing uh, my own wine. Um, the, the Saturday Night Live opportunity was just something that came along that I was afraid of at first, and I and I really I, the first time I was invited, I turned it down. Luckily, I got a second chance and said yes, and and it was one of the coolest things that I've ever done, and and a highlight really off off the track for me. But you know, companies like Pepsi, um, you know Chevrolet, and just. Um, you know, some, some neat opportunities that, that, that um, were fun and exciting and, and opened up doors and, uh, you know, co-hosting w- with Kelly. And that was just uh, something that happened to come about. There, there actually um, there's a gentleman named Art Moore who is one of the producers on that show, and he's a huge NASCAR fan. And so I think we went there and did the show promoting a race, the Daytona 500 or the championship, something like that. And we started a conversation, and that led to, hey, would you like to come and co-host? Every once in a while, Regis might be out. Or that even going back to Kathy Lee Gifford, sometimes she would be out. And so I co-hosted... Um, with Regis, and then I co-hosted with Kathy, and then I did, uh, I think, a whole week with uh, Kelly, and it was uh, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, and and I, yeah, I, my parents put me in front of a camera at a very early age. I was very shy, but it opened uh, me up to what what happens behind the camera or in front of the camera. And, and I got more and more comfortable with it. And it, even though it's still not necessarily a natural thing for me, I don't want to be an actor or anything like that, um, in the right role, I can, can get comfortable and have a lot of fun and laugh at myself and, and, and pull it off, I guess. Gordon's impact on NASCAR was not only seen in the entertainment world, he impacted young racers that wanted to be just like him. Gordon's stepfather, John Bickford, says to this day, Gordon's impact on racing is being seen every time a young driver earns an opportunity in big-time racing. And as we look back now, after 20-odd years uh, of this, the door was, was made open. It became obvious that... Chip Ganassi needed to hire Kyle Larson. It became obvious that Richard, you know, 
uh, Childress needed to hire young guys. That Roger Penske, it was okay. You didn't have to have the tried and true veteran. We can hire Jimmy Johnson, a young guy who's never even driven a cup car, and sign him to a long agreement. It's okay to, to take those young guys. Stuart Haas Racing's Clint Boyer may have wanted to fight Gordon in Phoenix in 2012, but he idolized Gordon growing up and says he owes him a bit of gratitude for paving the way for non-Southerners to succeed in NASCAR racing. It's such a weird thing to be able to compete with one of your heroes, first and foremost. A guy that you literally grew up wanting to be like, right? And then you get the opportunity to compete against him. And then, every now and then, you run in an altercation with the guy. You know, you're like, what the hell? What just happened? I'm trying to beat up my hero. This is weird. <laughs> I mean, literally, I wanted to kick his ass bad. And uh, and then all of a sudden, in a weird, twisted-up way, you know, you, you get to put it all in, in context. And, and, you know, it's such a thing. It's, you know, water under the bridge. And, and um, certainly um, have had way more good times with Jeff than I'll ever have bad times. Um, you know, Jeff's a champion. You, you know, he's uh, a champion. And, and he's the guy that came into our sport and elevated it to the next level. And the reason he did that is it was a Southern sport. Southern drivers never going to get out of the South. This kid comes from California, way younger, looked different than everybody else, comes from sprint car racing, comes to the stage, and not only just shows up, he starts kicking their tails. Now, all of a sudden, well, wait a minute. My hero, Dale Earnhardt, is getting beat by this punk kid from California, you know. I think people will really, when you really look at things, whether it's different sports or whether it's, you know, music or whatever the case may be, there's always times that people really come in. And whether it's timing or whether it's their character or a combination of both, they really take it to the next level. A.J. Allmendinger, who also ascended to stock car racing through his open wheel racing routes, was also inspired by Jeff Gordon. I was always a big Jeff Gordon fan. Uh, I've my dad, even when I was uh, really young, would tell me stories about uh, going out and watching him at the, the sprint car races, Ascot and Bayland and those types of places on the dirt tracks and just seeing this 14, 15-year-old kid sitting on phone books in a sprint car taking it to all the big guys. And that's where I became a Jeff Gordon fan was, was sprint car racing, watching him on Thursday and Saturday Night Thunder. Uh, but I think if you really look at the Sprint Cup Series and what he's done for it, you know, the time he came in, it was more of a southern sport. Um, you know, kind of led by guys, uh, you know, the Dale Earnhardt Seniors, the Rusty Wallaces, the Daryl Waltrips, uh, and this kid that came from California and, and uh, was kind of young and brash and, and came into the sport, I think changed it in so many ways and, uh, you know, made guys like me that weren't from the South say, okay, you know, maybe we can get our foot in the door and, and get there. So Jeff's done so much. Uh, I feel so fortunate to, uh, to have raced against him to be able to call him as a, a friend that's helped me through some difficult times and to be able to talk to a guy that I know has no motives. He's just going to tell you how it is and, and the right and the wrong and uh, the good and the bad. So uh, he's just, uh, it, it's meant a lot for all of us to have him in the sport. But for me, I mean, he was my racing hero growing up. And uh, to be able to say I've raced against Jeff Gordon, uh, it's, I never thought it happened. Today, Gordon has an ownership stake in Hendrick Motorsports. And he has helped to seek out top driving talent like Jimmy Johnson, who also became one of NASCAR's all-time greats. After Jeff's retirement, Chase Elliott took over the driving duties for the car number 24. Now it's William Byron. 
As far as owner Rick Hendrick is concerned, the team owes Jeff Gordon a ton of credit. You know, I, I told him this the other day at the Hall of Fame. I said, man, I don't know if the company would even be here if it wasn't for you. And he said, oh, man, you know better than that. And I said, well, I don't know. I I, I got to give, you know, but it's it's everybody has, has contributed a lot. But you got to look at the fact that he won those championships. He revolutionized the sport. He brought our our company a lot of notoriety and sponsors. And so, you know, you got to I give him tremendous credit for the success and the fact that we're still here. NASCAR on NBC analyst and former Hendrick Motorsports employee Steve Letarte says no one in the history of NASCAR has had a greater impact on one team than Jeff Gordon has had on Hendrick Motorsports. Jeff Gordon is the first ever franchise driver. Um, he's the guy that came in, had the star power to be for. I mean, let just be, think about this. Jeff Gordon hired the guy that kept Jeff Gordon from winning probably six or seven or eight championships. It's really that simple. I, mean, I, I don't know what else you can say about a guy. Right? It's nice to give a guy a set of notes one time or make a suggestion. But Jeff Gordon, with Rick's help and a lot of people's help, sing, you know, had a huge hand in building Hendrick Motorsports. Um, had an even bigger hand of continuing it, its success. And it did it his demise. You know, um, I don't know how many seconds to Jimmy. Dun- I know we have one in the points. But in races, it's got to be in the double digits for sure. Um that's who Jeff is. I mean, that's how he is. Gordon's legacy is also being displayed by his charitable endeavors, a work that began early in his Cup Series career after Jeff was impacted by some unfortunate news from his crew chief, Ray Evernham. When I first started with Jeff, you know, the first time that we worked together, uh, I didn't have any children. And when we came back, you know, Ray J had just been born. And uh, Ray J was diagnosed with ALL uh, leukemia when he was one week after his first birthday. And I, I think that, that just, it, it just, it, it crushed us all. And I think it really affected Jeff because he'd gotten close to, to, to Ray J. And Jeff was there as they went through it, as well as Mr. Hendrick. And Jeff decided that he would start something to raise money, raise awareness. And we started the little something together, and then it kind of trailed off, and then he's continued with his Jeff Gordon's Children Foundation. And, you know, the, the amazing thing about that, uh, Ray J was diagnosed in, um, would have been July 2nd, uh, I'm sorry, July 25th of 1992. And Jeff has never wavered from the commitment that he's made to charity. Like, he works hard at it. You know, a guy that does not have a lot of time, you'll see that he spends more of his actual time visiting hospitals, doing videos, working on his charity, than a lot of other people that uh, that, that, that do these things. And his unwavering commitment to that has just always impressed me. Gordon has made pediatric cancer treatment and research the main focus of his charitable work. And to this day, Evernham says Jeff has done more good off the racetrack than he ever did on. As I said, the first time... I met Jeff Gordon. You asked that that question about what was it. You just know that somebody's special, and and he is truly a special person. And you know, some days he's got to be Jeff Gordon, the racer. And you know what? Racers sometimes can be a little calloused and egotistical. But when he's Jeff Gordon, the person, 
he's really an, an, an incredible person, and his legacy in racing is amazing. But who really knows how big his legacy in charity will be? Because you, how do you put a number on the number of lives that he has affected throughout all of the years that he's been doing this and will continue to do it? Steve Letarte says Gordon was gracious, a Hall of Famer in life. He was a big make-a-wish guy. Um, even at the height of his stardom, he, he always, you know, everybody likes to tell you about all the autographs he didn't give. Because he, if he gave every autograph, he wouldn't make every practice session, he wouldn't make anywhere. But I think we saw all the times that he would stop and sign, pulling out of the rental car place at Talladega to sign for 50 people that are there for a test. You know, the, the beauty when you get to spend time with someone like Jeff is most people see him around the racetrack on race weekend. Well, that's his office. I mean, like, he has to be in, in fight mode. But when you see him away from that, when you see him out at lunch, see him out at dinner, see him traveling for a test when it's not, you know, the time and consideration he takes for all the people around him in those moments are kind of the times you say, hey, you know, that that's the type of guy you want to be around. And, and just listen, to have all that and to have that much talent, there's no doubt he's a Hall of Famer. And listen, I only think his chapter's only started, right? I think what he's going to do in the booth is great. I think he's going to do it for a while. And I'm not sure he's done in the uh, the team side as well. I think... He has a great vision and a great uh, understanding of the organization. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Here's Jeff Gordon's mother, Carol Bickford. You know, extremely proud of what he has done with um, his fame, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, you, you look at the Jeff Gordon Children's Hospital, and I you know, know that the kids go with him. Um, you know, over there and, and um, especially at the holidays and, um, you know, just a, a lot of the, the charity work that he does, uh, you know, just brings a huge source of pride. In January of 2019, Gordon was awarded NASCAR's highest honor as he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Please welcome 2019 NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee, Jeff Gordon. It was an emotional day as Gordon joined both Rick Hendrick and Ray Evernham as Hall of Fame inductees. You know, I, I think it, it tells you a lot about um, that combination, <laughs> you know, to, to what Rick created in his organization, the people, and then when Ray and I you know, came to work for Rick, and, and Ray told me, you know, the re, all the resources are there. Um, you know, this could be something really special, and, and it obviously ended up being way more than we ever anticipated. So, you know, re, those two are like family to me, and to be able to follow them is, uh, you know, very, very, very special to me. And uh, they're obviously extremely deserving, and I wouldn't be stand, sitting here if it weren't for those two. So um, I, I really... Besides my parents, I, I owe those two everything to uh, to what you know how they've contributed to my life, and more than just racing, but especially racing when you look at the success that we had on track. It's really an incredible feeling because I'm a big fan of the history of the sport, so I understand uh, the the the, uh, the commitment and the talent levels of the people like the Bud Moores and the you know the Wood Brothers, Cotton Owens, and, and people like that have, and the drivers that that have that have certainly come up here certainly a lot about the the drivers but how much of of an effect they've had on on changing the sport so to be recognized by the sport as somebody who's made a positive influence on it and helped it grow is uh, the highest honor 
that you can get. And when they look at the number 24 team in the, in the mid-90s there and the effect that they've had on on racing, that's a part of uh, that's a part of history that uh, you're recognized by your peers for, and it's it's um it's more than you could ever imagine or dream because you don't think about those things while you're doing it, and all you can do is hope that w- that you will be remembered as some of the heroes that that you've looked at. So to think that Mr. Hendrick and Jeff and I are all in the Hall of Fame and knowing that there's a few more guys from that 24 team that'll be going in someday, uh, I'm really proud of that. Jeff's winning ways certainly defined his tremendous competitive career. But stepfather John Bickford says a true Hall of Famer is much more than that. You know, my reflection has not been about wins. My reflection has been he has... uh, been able to go through all of this and be himself he's been able to um, give back you know I think I, I think I've been asked a couple times what's the difference between a champion and a hall of famer and and I would define the differences because all of these guys win championships and win races but only a few of them become hall of famers and I think that the hall of famers and certainly in Jeff's case is how you used your platform how you used your wins, and how did you give back. Whether you gave back in helping other drivers come up or whether you gave back to help children who didn't have the same opportunities that you had. So I think my reflection is that Jeff has taken this huge career of his and he has changed many, many lives, parents and children's lives with all of that. And that's that's my biggest reflection and pride is how he handled it and what he did with what he had. It's been an honor to help tell the story of Jeff Gordon's generous life and remarkable racing career, a life and career which continues to positively impact people inside and outside of NASCAR racing. From his charitable work to racing on the track to his broadcasting career, the totality of Jeff Gordon's mark on NASCAR racing and history is yet to be finalized. We here at MRN want to thank everyone who gave of their time graciously to support the production of this podcast series. That includes Jeff Gordon, Rick Hendrick, Ray Evernham, John and Carol Bickford, and many past and present Hendrick Motorsports employees. If you've missed any of this series, every episode is available for download at MRN.com. I'm Brian Nelson. Thanks for listening. This program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. Jeff Gordon, The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior, was written and produced by Tyler Burnett. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained within this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.